of Let's Check In. I'm your host Levine, a soon-to-be trainee clinical psychologist in September, and this podcast is all about my journey to and through the doctorate, mental health, psychology, and just life in general. So today, we're checking in on my journey. Um, So I thought it would be a really good episode to have, just to kind of explain a little bit more about how I got here. Um, I've done a post on Instagram, a little bit about one of the things I've done, like one of the jobs I've done, but I've actually got my CV up (laughs) here with me um, and I'm going to go through it uh, just so that people can kind of get a glimpse into what you need or not even what you need, but what kind of things people do in order to get onto the doctorate. yeah, I, I know a lot of people always ask like, oh, what experience do I need? Like, is this good enough experience? Or, you know, do I need to have an AP role? Which is definitely something I hear a lot. And uh, just like a quick spoiler, I did not have an AP role. So in case anyone's wondering what AP, by the way, that's an assistant psychologist role. Um, yeah, I never had one of those. So yeah, I'm just kind of sharing my way of getting to uh, getting a place on the doctorate, um, just so that people can see that there are alternatives. Um, yeah, and this is what worked for me. So I'll start. <laughs> I'll start with A levels because I guess that's where people start to actually take notice of your grades. So I didn't do amazing. Like my A level results weren't. I didn't get A stars and all that. So I did three A-levels, um, psychology, philosophy and ethics and biology. <laughs> my highest grade was a B and that was in psychology. Um, all my other grades were just like, <laughs> let's not talk about it. But um, yeah, I didn't do amazing at A-level, uh, but I knew that I wanted to do psychology later on. So that's why I kind of picked the subjects that I did. Um and then, so what I did after that was go, you know, like you apply normally for undergraduate and stuff. So I applied for psychology courses, um, but I applied for psychology and anthropology. Uh, yeah, I've always been really interested in cross-cultural um, studies, like thinking about why or why yeah why we kind of um see psychology from like a western lens and stuff but also kind of like the interpersonal stuff that happens within cultures so I really wanted to study anthropology um (laughs) this is another thing like a lot of people will say to you oh there's no job in that and stuff like that and yes it is very true um some things are harder to find jobs in but I also think one tip I would say to people who maybe are at the beginning of their journey and they're like picking their A-levels or whatever, um, don't just necessarily pick a course just because you think it's going to guarantee you like some further success. This goes for psychology, but also other things as well. The reason being is because I picked um, biology for one of my A-levels because I was always told, yeah, you need to have a good biological background, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I guess maybe but I was terrible at biology and it really affected my grades which then affected what universities I could go to so don't always pick things just because you're told it's good for for like your um, future success pick things that you actually genuinely enjoy as well so for me anthropology was something that I knew I would enjoy um, even though technically people were like oh there's no jobs in anthropology blah 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 
I didn't care. So I applied for loads of unis with that um, course available, but I didn't get in to the one that I really wanted to. So on results day, I come, I'm like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. I had an insurance place, but I'm not going to name any unis because in case someone goes there and they think, oh, but my uni's great. For me personally, I just didn't like that uni. Um, and I was just like, I'm not going. So I, de- I um, deferred, not deferred, what's it? I rejected my place, that's it. I rejected my place and then went through clearing and then ended up at the university that I went to. Um, And I couldn't do anthropology because they didn't have that course. So I ended up doing psychology and criminology, which is something, again, I just picked it because I actually enjoy... To be honest, I thought it was going to be like CSI, not going to lie. So I picked criminology because I was like, yeah, it's going to be like me investigating like murders and all of this stuff and like modus operandi of like serial killers. Yeah, I mean, you do a tiny, tiny bit of that in criminology, but yeah, it's not like that at all. So yeah, I did undergrad three years um, and then I graduated with a high 2-1. So I want to pause here and just kind of talk about that because I know on the clearinghouse there'll be a lot of information about um, entry requirements and different courses have different interpretations of what a high 2-1 is. So at the time of me um, completing this, I would have said a high 2-1 was something over 65, but I now know some places say 67 counts as a high 2-1, over 67%. Um, so I'm just basing this on what was going on at my time. So this was, what year was this now? I graduated 2015. So yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, that seems so long ago, five years. So at the time, a high 2-1 was a um, 65% and above. Um, so I got a high 2-1. Um, and then from then I was like okay yeah I've got my psychology and criminology degree I'm gonna apply for jobs I'm gonna get so honestly in my head I thought I'll be on the clinical doctorate by the time I was 26 um now I would have completed it sorry by the time I was 26 I would have got on at 23 um two years out of uni I know two years out of uni spend that time doing a bit of research a bit of like work experience and then apply and get on at 23 this was in my mind right so I graduate um 2015 like bear in mind my year was the year when they just increased the university fee university fees to 9,000 a year so there was a lot going on at that time I was graduated I was like thinking yeah just apply for a few jobs one will come that's fine I was really naive I don't even know why I just was really naive I thought it'd be really easy it was not (laughs) as many of you who are listening will probably experience like it's not the easiest thing to get work experience um but I thought okay it's fine I'll get something so another thing I forgot to actually mention is in between this time, sorry, I'm looking back at my CV because I've missed that chunk. In between this time, I was doing a lot of volunteering. So I first started volunteering with a charity. Um, it was like a food bank charity. And that I started from like I was about yeah 14 so I was always working with them and that's ongoing now as well so I I had that it's kind of work experience I guess and then um obviously I had a part-time job and all of that stuff in between during uni but then I would say my first kind of clinically relevant experience I had was um working um abroad so I did one of those um Oh my gosh what's the name of it now ICS so international citizenship service I did one of those placements where you go abroad for three months um and you volunteer um I went to South Africa 
I was working with young um, people, so students. Um, I think they were up to the age of 16. Oh, my memory's a bit blank on this one. But um, yeah, I was working with young people who were in a school, but also an orphanage. Um, it was like the orphanage was attached to the school. And yeah, I was doing kind of like classroom stuff with them and then working with some of them um there's a group of them called the eagles who were children with disabilities so i'd work with them so and then i was doing a bit of research on like um hiv stuff and like it wasn't like intense research like what you're doing as a job but it was just like googling the quick facts <laughs> so i was like oh okay i'm doing a bit of research here so um that was the most like clinical relevant stuff i had done up to this point so I was like, yeah, okay, I'm getting there with my experience. And this was in 2014. So this was second year of uni. And then also um, towards, uh, I think there was, oh, hold on, I've got the date. So then March 2015, so the previous year, just in my end, just before I graduated in July, um, I started working as a mental health mentor. So this, yeah, probably is the most relevant, to be fair. Um, so in this role, I'm reading off my CV, I um, would have one-to-one meetings with service users. I would um, encourage them to develop self-reliance, also help them to reintegrate back into the community. Um, this is when I kind of got um, a grasp of something called the recovery star if anyone knows what it is then you kind of get what it is it's kind of like a therapeutic way to work with someone um, to reach their potentials or their goals so I was doing all of that and I did that for um, just over a year so yes go back <laughs> so like I said the graduated um, July 2015 only had just started doing this mental health um, mental role so I didn't really have any like solid experience but again being really naive I thought yeah I'll apply for jobs I'll get something straight away did not so I was like hmm what am I going to do um and I was like okay I can either get a job just doing something else randomly or I could apply for some internships or I can you know just yeah I don't know that was it actually it was only two options for me at the point so I applied for this internship um it's with the Surrey and Borders um oh my gosh is it Surrey and Borders yeah I think it's called Surrey and Borders um NHS internships um oh Surrey and Borders and Sussex I think anyway I'll put in the notes um it's basically an internship for psychology graduates and um I replied for it it's unpaid <laughs> it's unpaid oh literally the story of my life so it's unpaid so um I was like huh okay so even if I do this internship how am I going to live um but it was only for three days a week so I went to the interview I think it was great oh and also just another thing it was in Brighton and I live in London so I would have to be driving back and forth so not getting paid not getting like petrol yeah it was just um it was just a lot so I went to the interview anyway because you know eager psychology student and I got offered it and it was in a personality disorder unit um and I was super interested in that because um this is when my kind of interest in clinical psychology started to peak um before that I was like oh I want to be a child psychologist but yeah so um yeah I started kind of getting more interested in clinical stuff and I remembered we were doing stuff at uni on like the dark triad if anyone knows if you know you know like that stuff is real interesting but um I was like, yeah, I definitely want to work in the personality unit, uh, personality disorder unit, but obviously money was a big issue. So at the same time, um, I had a friend at the time who applied for a master's. And like I said, that was the year where the fees got raised to £9,000. So they were doing this scholarship 
um, I guess, for people who were f- the first from their um, family to go to university from a low-income background. Like, basically, all you know those um, universities for people who are quote-unquote disadvantaged, right? Just always think, like, having that self-assurance that you are still good enough, even if you come from those backgrounds, I think is really important. Um, yeah, anyway, side note. But, um, yeah, so I took all these, like checklists of people who necessarily count as being um, from a disadvantaged background and so I was offered a scholarship to do a master's and at this point I had no interest in doing a master's like me and my mum had had conversations about how stressed I was during undergrad and I was like there is no way on this earth I'm doing a master's because I just don't think I can hack it lo and behold I ended up doing the master's so I moved to Nottingham to do this um, and my master's was in mental health research and uh, it was amazing it was really good it was MSc Um, so yeah I did that for one year in Nottingham and while I was there I was also commuting back and forth from Nottingham yeah yeah it was a long three days a week I would commute from London to Nottingham and back so like yeah, so every day, basically, for three days a week um, because of several reasons. But one of them was career-driven as well. So at the same time as doing my master's, um, I got offered... Well, that is another story as well. But basically, yeah, I got offered to um, come and volunteer as an honorary assistant psychologist two days a week in an IAP service. And even the way how I got that, that was so random that... Um, At this point, I was like really desperate to get experience because I was really starting to realise that getting a job straight out of uni, even with a master's degree, isn't necessarily going to be easy if you don't have experience. But then how do you get experience, right? So unfortunately, a lot of the experience is voluntary. So what I would do is I would (laughs) search for... I know this is such a weird way to do it, but I'll go and search for psychologists in my area um, or therapists in my area. And then I would... Oh, I don't know if you, there's a plane flying right above me. No. Okay, so I was searching like therapists and psychologists in my area and I sent out this mass email to everyone, obviously BCC in them. And I was just like, hey, my name's Avine. I just graduated. Like, I'm doing my master's. Can I come volunteer? Like, literally to everybody. But I also did it to um, different trusts as well. So I would send, just literally send out this cover letter. And then at the time, um, I was linked up with um, a psychologist as a mentor. So I, I entered into this, um, what did you call it? This scheme, I guess, called the Widening Access Scheme. Um, and it's run by UCL. Um, I think it's Cat. Cat runs that. And um, basically, it's a scheme for people from minority groups and from... I think it is mainly minority groups in in psychology, actually, yeah, um, to access mentors who are doing basically what they want to do. So I had a mentor assigned to me. And funny enough, she actually worked at the IAP service that I ended up volunteering at. So she was one that said, look, I know you're sending all these emails, like, good for you know a plus for effort but you know I think maybe it's best to kind of target a few things so she actually told me about um writing to IAP services directly and asking for work experience that way so that's what I did um and I would do triages so like telephone assessments um I would do like um the MDSs which are basically like uh questionnaires uh I would do like what else would I do 
oh let me just read it i'll do signposting just do admin stuff like risk assessment all of those kind of really basic things but it was really really developing my skills um interpersonally as well because that's the first time i was actually kind of technically doing some form of intervention um with somebody and on top of it it was like really helping me understand like the concept of cbt so that was invaluable that experience um so yeah i did that all the way up until december 2016 which is when i graduated i had a winter ceremony so again back in the same situation graduated looking for jobs couldn't find anything so even after doing a master's getting some more work experience I still couldn't find anything and I don't know if that's speaking to the job climate at the time or anything else but yeah I couldn't find anything so this is when I took a break and I thought okay I'm gonna need to get something but right now it's looking like it's not gonna be in psychology straight away so I thought okay I'm just gonna apply for a regular job I mean obviously I'm not gonna be able to get anything permanent um in psychology right now unless it's like voluntary so i'm just going to need to work uh so my graduate like i said my graduation was in december 2016 but obviously i had graduated from uni in summer like july so from july to about december i was working uh <laughs> doing the most random things so i worked um on saturdays as an estate agent assistant um yeah that was actually really anyway yeah that was actually a good job though but yeah it's nothing to do with what I wanted to do but I worked there on Saturdays and then during the week I would work as a marketing assistant so I was doing this from July up until December because I was just literally so kind of fed up and if I'm being really honest I was a bit like I don't know discouraged because I don't think I really kind of fully grasped how competitive psychology was um I think I just kind of thought oh it's not that bad like I think I was always comparing it to medicine because you know you hear oh medicine's super competitive oh my gosh like you have to be super smart blah, blah blah so um that's not to say you don't but yeah I think in my head I just didn't really think it was so um during this time like I said I had that mentor and Natalie shout out to Natalie if she ever listens to this because oh my gosh <laughs> that woman oh she was just so lovely like even when I was thinking oh my gosh I don't know how to get experience here how to get experience here she would um reread all of my applications for jobs she would and bear in mind she was a second year UCL student have I said that already I can't remember um second year UCL student was it second or first I can't remember I think probably first year at that time second year anyway the point was she was studying like she was doing the doctorate and she was still took time out to look over my interviews like check in with me and yeah she was just so lovely so yeah Natalie if you ever hear this like thank you <laughs> um so during this time Natalie would like really encourage me to really say okay maybe you need to tailor this and and that and I did but I still wasn't getting anything back um from anybody like my jobs and you know what oh, anyone who knows knows like you would apply for, I, would, I think there was times in the week where I would have applied for about 10 jobs that week um and there were there were always like AP roles or like um, research assistant roles because obviously I had my master's at this point so I felt like yeah I could probably apply for RA roles I was applying for literally everything nothing was coming back like I just never got any feedback um and then uh what happened then oh I feel like I'm dragging on a bit but basically yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just taking really long. And then um, what? Yeah. So then a role came up for um, a graduate mental health worker. So if you see my Instagram post, you'll know that I post about this because I felt like this was literally the turning point in my career. So a graduate mental health worker is basically. The old name used for the PWPs, but also it's a training course where you get a postgraduate diploma at the end um, and you do a yeah postgraduate diploma degree at the University of um, Middlesex, but then you also work on placements um, and it's a combination or a collaboration between Camden and, Is- Camden and Islington Foundation Trust and Barnet Enfield and Haringey Trust and Mental Health Trust. So they both come together um, to provide this training course. So I applied for that. Um, I had someone inbox me the other way, like DM me about this the other day, um, about like how competitive it is. And I can only speak for the time, it like how it was at the time, because this was 2017, so three years ago. Um, at the time, I didn't feel like it was that competitive. I don't know if people even know about it, because like when I've spoken to other people, I don't, I don't really hear it get mentioned a lot. So I don't know if it is that competitive. So I would go and apply. I'll tell you why in a second. But yeah, applications are open for intake in October. But yeah, so I applied for that. Um, I had to do like a maths test and like a basic English test and then an interview. And um, I got on and I was like, yes, finally, because obviously up until this point, the only real, real experience I had had was as a mental health mentor and working in the IAP service. So I just felt like, okay, finally some progression. And honestly, that was a weird time for me anyway, just like personally. But then also I just felt like it was just such a straight it was just very strange <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it it was just such a strange course in the sense of um yeah I just kind of felt like a lot of the mo- the actual training at the university this is not to bash the university at all or anything but a lot of the training it just didn't like make sense to me I just yeah it didn't really compute as to why we were learning some of the things we were learning on the course but practically in terms of the work experience I thought it was actually quite good um especially looking back now and reflecting on it because especially like yeah my placement um I really had a lot more freedom over what I was allowed to do so I did so many things so my main role was working in a rehabilitation and recovery service so if anyone's i familiar with the cluster system it was like clients I say clients I know some people use the word patients but let's just say patients for ease so patients um uh, in cluster 13 which is um, people with bipolar and schizophrenia so I basically was working with them um rehabilitation recovery means that they aren't in crisis anymore and they're now in the community but they still need people to support them so I was within an MDT so there was like um psychologists um who else mental health nurses um occupational therapists social workers like it was a big group uh of people which was again amazing experience learning how to present and to um uh, give like case reviews and stuff so yeah amazing experience in that sense um and then I would also be working so while I was working there they also had like a subsection in that team called a psych um, integrated um physical health unit and it's actually I love to say this it was the UK's first physical integrate integrated physical unit 
Um, and basically, the IPU was a place where people with mental health difficulties would also get support for their physical health, because, you know, physical health, mental health is very much related. So I would work there, I would do like mental health kind of stuff, but also a lot of physical stuff. So like um, doing OBS, so like blood pressure, height, weight, all of that stuff. I also ran like smoking cessation sessions. I know it was so random, like the stuff that I got taught. But then you have to think about when we're thinking about health psychology, smoking cessation is something that comes up so much. Or like if you're thinking about self-efficacy, just throwing a whole bunch of psychological theory here, but you know, self-efficacy and thoughts on locus of control, especially when it comes to physical health for people with mental health difficulties, that was like gold dust basically like experience and actually being able to put theory into practice so um yeah that that was uh from january 2017 up until well it was meant to finish january 2018 however (laughs) i was like i'm not really feeling the course not the actual work experience but the course itself oh yeah also i forgot to say that during that time i also um had a placement in the iap service so the camden iap service and that was really good as well but i was only there for a little bit um before leaving so i left in september and the reason being is because i felt like the iap stuff obviously i had so much experience in iap like i lived and breathed iap for like eight months so i was like okay yeah i think i'm good on this bit but then also i felt like the course like i said the actual university bit i was just i wasn't really feeling i don't know why i think it was mainly because like i felt a lot of it was a repeat from undergrad some of well some of it was but then i don't know it was just yeah it was a bit weird so actually anyone who was in my cohort would probably say the same (laughs) I don't know if it was my cohort, but yeah, they'll probably say so. Um, so then I, again, was like, okay, I'm going to leave. But I kind of thought, you know what, I do want to, I am really interested in IAPT. I just didn't really like the fact that I was doing really basic stuff, like what I was doing as an um, honorary assistant psychologist at um, the IAP service near me in my actual role as a graduate mental health worker. So I felt if I'm going to do this, I actually want to be able to deliver more CBT, um, low-intensity CBT interventions. So, um, yeah, so this was around, like, yeah, August time, I would say. I started applying for lots of other jobs. Um, I applied for five different jobs, I remember clearly. So I applied for five different jobs, um, and I got interviews for all of them, which, again, this is what I'm saying, I think this graduate mental health worker role really did make a difference. So I applied for five different roles, one of them being the PWP training, and I applied for that in Nottingham. All the other four were... Um, so one was an AP role in a CAM service, um, one was a graduate mental health worker role in the IAP service. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, and then the other two were... So another one was in the IAP service as well, but that was as an AP. Um, and then the other one was, I think it was... It was like a clinical support worker or something. I don't know what that role really means anymore because, yeah. But I went to all five um, because, you know, you need <laughs> so you need to have um, all your chances. And the only one I didn't get offered was the one in Nottingham. In the end, I was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll pick the one that's a graduate mental health worker role um, because it's in the IAP service and um, it seemed like it would be more 
client focus, whereas the AP role was more of a mix of like doing a bit of research, but then a few interventions as well. And at the time, I obviously kind of really valued the clinical stuff. So um, I started working there in October 2017. And this is where the bulk of my experience came from. So I was working as a graduate mental health worker, which, like I said, was the old name of PWPs. So I never did the PWP training course, which again, like a lot of people always ask me, like, how did you start working as a PWP? WP then I don't know really like I think it's basically a non-existent rule anymore <laughs> and basically it just um was the exact same thing as a PWP it's just I just didn't do the training and in the way I was kind of glad because with the PWP training if you want to progress up to like high intensity and stuff like that you still have to finish the training first of all which is one year and then you have to work in an IAP service for at least two years after that so that's three years whereas with the graduate mental health role you didn't have to do that so started working that full-time amazing like loved my team really great like supportive people everyone there was like around my age as well which I really liked because when I was working in um the graduate the trainee graduate mental health worker role like the one in um Camden the one doing like rehabilitation and recovery that was a lot more like I was with a lot more older people which I didn't mind but it's just sometimes you know like people around your age so I really liked working in that IAP service and I did literally everything a PWP did so I would do low intensity guided self-help sessions with um, clients deliver psychoeducational workshop groups like on depression anxiety panic which comes under anxiety so I don't know why I said that but um you know all these different things and I was even kind of doing like the patient experience questionnaires um so basically I was doing a bit of auditing so I got a bit of researchy kind of experience as well there um and then I was the um for like two weeks I guess <laughs> I was like the perinatal step two lead I guess so basically what that meant was that um I was meant to be working on like tailoring our guided self-help sessions for perinatal women um so like if they're coming with depression anxiety etc making sure it was friendly for them if that makes sense so um I did that then I was also like the BME project lead as well but I didn't get a chance to actually do anything because then I left but um yeah, essentially all of those roles within the IAP service, again, just added more skills, like especially the patient experience um, questionnaire le- um, lead for that. Like I got a lot more experience in different areas, not just delivering interventions. So that was really good. That was probably like my favourite place to work. And I was really sad when I left. But I left because I was like... I need to get more varied experience and I wanted to apply for the doctorate and bear in mind up until this point I'd never applied for the doctorate in fact I kind of dismissed it I thought okay I'm not going to do this because it's so competitive and I don't think it's going to even work out for me but um, I thought okay I'm still going to want to do something in clinical psychology. I want to do something in psychology, but I just don't know what it is. Um, actually, I'm going to have an episode speaking with my friend Neha, who actually worked in the IAP service that I'm referring to with me. And we're going to talk about different ways into psychology, not just like the doctorate. But yeah, so we had kind of, me and her actually, funny enough, we had had conversations about other routes. So I was going to 
think about doing the high intensity route so training as a cbt therapist instead and then um yeah just kind of go down that route instead of the clinical route but then it all changed in 2018 so i thought okay let me just apply for the doctorate let's just you know everyone says oh let's do a test run that was my test run 2018 so that was the first year i ever applied i did um the application everything again natalie shout out to natalie and other people as well natalie's just like the one that <laughs> comes to mind the most because yeah i'd go to her house she would like do like role plays with me and like interview prep and yeah it was really good but um there were so many other people that helped as well but yeah so um during that time i thought okay let me apply i did my application and i actually got offered an interview um so I was like oh wow okay maybe there's something to this like maybe it's worth waiting until I actually feel ready or I actually feel like I've got enough experience and stuff so I did that um and I'll kind of carry on that conversation of the whole interview process and everything in another episode because I'm really cautious that it's kind of getting long now but um yeah so that's essentially in a nutshell how I led up to getting to the doctorate bit obviously I haven't spoken about the in-between bits because yeah I'm gonna do that in another episode but hopefully you can see that my journey was a bit like whoop, whoop, like up and down <laughs> it wasn't really like this straight straight out of uni got an AP role then got a um then did a master's and then did like it wasn't like that at all like I spent some time working as a state agent assistant like I was and also I forgot to mention during this whole time I was also a ad hoc waitress like you know the zero hour waitresses so I was doing like all sorts of stuff during this time um I was tutoring as well I think at one point I had like four jobs (laughs) at a time yeah I was doing the most and the reason why I thought it would be really good for me to share this is so that people don't get discouraged like I'm just referring back to what I was saying about being from a disadvantaged background you know I I technically am like um in terms of all the criteria that is listed but at the same time it does not mean that you will not be able to do certain things or you aren't able to achieve things because of something that's within you it's nothing you know you can't help your circumstances and my circumstances weren't ideal you know I I didn't come from a rich family so I couldn't afford to just like swan off doing all these like voluntary roles I had to work um which then meant that I didn't have enough time to do other things so you know I, I completely get it and I think sometimes in this whole journey we sometimes can be a bit hard on ourselves um especially because you know the interviews aren't rolling in or you feel like you're not able to get enough experience because a lot of the experience are like voluntary roles and yet you still have to work and I completely get it and that's why I wanted to share my thing because I was literally doing all of that but at the same time all of those circumstances do not take away from who you are as a person and if you've got the compassion if you've got the warmth if you've got um the actual curiosity and intrigue um and patience to work with people then it's not something that is kind of out of your reach it's not something that is impossible for you um hope that (laughs) turns a little bit of a pep talk but i really am passionate about this because i think so many people just write it off and say it's not for them because they can't see themselves doing that role because whether they're from a BAME background or um, from a working class background or whatever, they have a disability, it doesn't matter. Like, there are people that will help you. Um, And hopefully this podcast is one of those things that will help um, to diversify the field because we don't want to just have, like, one set of group of people treating 
a diverse group of people, you know, like we want to make sure it's representative of who we're seeing. So yeah, that's my little rant over. Um, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Um, again, it's I'm really trying to keep it short, but I'm a talker, I said this. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try and keep these shorter, but hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully you realise that the journey doesn't look the same for everyone. Everyone's got their own little things going on, personal things going on, like life is still happening while you're still pursuing this. So yeah, even throughout all of this, like I had my life going on, it doesn't pause, like you still have to get on with things. And yeah, hopefully you were able to take um, maybe some Uh, tips as well in terms of like where to apply and like what kind of things to look for as well and if I was to kind of close with one big tip like my top tip okay I'll say top three (laughs) so my top three tips would be get yourself a mentor a hundred percent and the thing is with me I'm pretty shameless like I will email like I said I will email anyone I will contact anybody and I will say look can you help me because I feel like you, you kind of have to be like that there's no shame in it so number one tip get yourself a mentor preferably somebody in the field preferably somebody who's in a similar situation to you so if you're BAME a BAME um clinician or whatever um It doesn't have to be, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes it helps because of individual struggles. So that's top tip number one. Second tip is to really evaluate why you want to do what you're doing. Why do you want to be a clinical psychologist? Is it just so that you can have the doctor on the beginning of your name and declin psych at the end? Because if that really is it, then it's not worth it. Like, it's not not worth it. Um, And if it's just because you want to be able to say you're a clinical psychologist then again it's not it's not worth it there are so many other things you could do in psychology um but if you know that there's a specific reason why you want to do this training course compared to high intensity for example or mental health nursing you know then of course you know stick it out and write those reasons down so every time these kind of setbacks come up go back to that and think okay this is why I want to do this this is why I want to keep going so that's tip number two tip number three and final tip is to try and get experience in places that you don't even think will count so like I said I worked um in like doing smoking cessation stuff and you would think that has no relevance but it really does so really make yourself more flexible when it comes to ideas of how you actually have to get experience because it doesn't have to look like a traditional AP role it could look like volunteering for a food bank for example I did or it could look like um, working as a mentor you know for a charity a mental health charity it can look like so many different things so top three tips um, hopefully, yeah, you <laughs> you enjoyed it. So hopefully, I'll get better at condensing the information. So, yeah, um, check out my Instagram page. It's Let's Check In Pod. So, let's L E T S check C H E C K I N in, and then Pod P O D um, on Instagram. Um, I post things on there to do with psychology, uh, stuff to do with like my journey on there. Also updates on when the podcast is out. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, where else are we? Anchor, um, literally anywhere where except for Apple. Ugh, Apple taking so long. But apart from Apple, pretty much everywhere where you can get um, access to podcasts, that's where I am. So yeah, subscribe to that and then you'll get notified when I post new episodes. But yeah, thanks for checking in with me and I will speak to you all soon.